This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Senior Pastor, good morning to you, sir. Morning, Pastor Holm. So we've been talking, you know, we've been going over the book of Revelation, um, and today we're going to be looking at Revelation chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. Um, The topic we're going to be looking at is the Lamb who is worthy. The Lamb who is worthy. Kind of, um, I guess in today's standard, would be kind of an odd topic, but uh, as we get further, I guess we'll we'll try and explain who the Lamb is. But the Lamb who is worthy, and um, we're going to be looking. We're, we're going to divide it into three parts, as we always do, three to four parts. But today, we're going to divide it into three parts. Um, Revelation chapter five, verses one through four, where there was a challenge to open the book. Um, in Revelation chapter 5, verses 5 through 8, we see that Jesus Christ prevails. And finally, um, the third outline division, so to speak, would be Revelation chapter 5, verses 9 through 14, where it talks about universal worship of the Lamb. So there we go again, the Lamb. Um, Amen. Now, Imagine what John was feeling, and I was, I was thinking about this. He was secluded. He was away. Um, of course, we know that he's the author of the book of Revelation, and he received this revelation on the Isle of Patmos. He's worshiping by himself on a rocky, snake-infested, barren island. Hmm. He has been exiled because of his preaching and witness of the gospel, suddenly the risen Lord begins to instruct him to record what he sees and send it to seven churches of Asia Minor. His vision is full of symbolism. Um, And as I said uh, in previous recordings that, you know, this symbolism sometimes confuses people, but um, we're going to try and see if we can kind of break it down a little bit. Um, He begins to write what is spoken to him in the letters to the churches. But suddenly there is a shift in his perspective. Mm -hmm. Earth is no longer in view. He is transported through heaven's open door into the very throne room of God in chapter 4. He sees the omnipotent and omniscient one sitting on the throne. He feels the power and glory of the Lord. He sees the multitude of the heavenly hosts, and everyone is keenly aware of the Lord's presence, whoever is there. What he sees is almost beyond human ability to fathom, much less describe. And I believe we yearn for a similar experience, especially in today's world. Now, Revelation 5 reveals that lamb who was slain. It's a continuation of the throne room vision in Revelation chapter 4. There is one focus, the sovereignty of God over all creation, whether past, present, or future. Sin may have complicated God's plan, but it cannot stop 
his will. He is the God of power and judgment. He is also the God of mercy and redemption. So senior pastor, there's a lot of meat, a lot of things to get into, um, a lot of, you know, explanations to make with regards to this beautiful chapter in Revelation chapter 5. If you want to just kick it off um, with Revelation chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. Yeah, and what a, what a beautiful scene it was. You know, I'm, I'm held in awe by, by John as the risen Lord begins to instruct him to record what he sees and send it to the seven churches. And thank God he did because we would not know it. Um, I, I, I am really taken back and blessed by what he said, hurt is no longer in view, but is transported through heaven's open door and into the very throne room of God. I wonder of if God. sunshine can reach to that place. Heaven's open door. Hurt is no longer in view. We have so many things on earth here that is kind of weighing us down. We don't even have time to worship. It seems like people are being weighed down by their situation, by their problems, um, what is happening around us. But can you for one moment, can you today make sure that hurt is no longer in view, but your spiritual eyesight, your thought will reach up to heaven. And just picture heaven for a moment. And what did he see? What did he hear? The resplendent praise of the angels and other attendants in the throne room. And not only that, but he felt the power and the glory of the Lord in a way that he has never felt it before and never Amen. experienced by any mortal. But when we put on that immortal body, oh, and we stand in the presence of the Lord like Isaiah, Isaiah got a glimpse of that and he saw him. I and lift it up. Lift and it up. Presence filling the temple. Can we get there today? The challenge to open the book as he entered the throne room of God. He said, verse 1, I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. Now, what are we saying here? John's attention shifts from the scene of worship in chapter 4 that we did last week to the scroll or to the book in the hand of God. The book in the hand of God. God owns the book. Nobody else. They can do whatever they want to do. They can change it into different translation and what have you just to help us to understand it a little bit better. But God owns the book. Although he never write a book, but all that was written was about him, but he owns the book. He saw it in the hand of God, seated in a place of power and judgment. Now, the scroll in his right hand was the hand of authority. And um, we need to know that the events to come are so extensive that it took both sides of the scroll to record them. Now, before they said, it was written on the backside. But because hmm. it was so extensive, it had to be written on both sides. 
here is an official document of the kingdom. And God alone, and I repeat that, God alone chooses the one to open and execute his content. Didn't have to go to any court, didn't have to stand before any judge. The president does not have that right. He cannot, along with his confederates, um, decide that they're going to do whatever with the book. God alone chooses the one to open and execute its content. He alone holds the key, and nobody can suppress that. Not like what they're trying to do with, with, with the post office now and your voting right. They could not suppress that. God alone. Aren't you glad that you're worshiping a God like that who cannot be suppressed, who cannot be bribed? He alone. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, as the remainder of Revelation reveals, the seven seals not only emphasize the perfection and completeness of the scroll's contents, and we have talked about that extensively in former um, lessons, they also represent seven stages of judgment as outlined in St. Matthew chapter 25, 31 to 46. And you know, I've, I've said this over and over again. The Bible talks about, and I said, some of us are good singers and preachers and what have you, but that's what you get saved to do. But what are the seven judgments here? When all the nations shall be gathered before him, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides sheep from the goat. And he shall set the sheep on the right hand and the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was an hungered, I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty. And he gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you opened your doors and took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Those are the seven judgments of Revelation. Also see, if you can look in, um, perhaps go back to um, chapter 13, now when we get there, sometime we will, we will see that. And the content of the scroll written on both sides has given rise to much debate. It is the content of the scroll limit to the contents of the book of Revelation. And as Pastor said, it is symbolic. Certainly, it includes the content of the seven seals revealed in the remainder of Revelation. But some have speculated that it is the Old Testament whose prophecies Christ will reveal and completely fulfill. Number two, it is the Lamb's Book of Life. We were talking about that, that the book was open, and another book containing the names of the redeemed. The Lamb's Book of Life contains the names of the redeemed and what unfolds as their vindication. A record is also, number three, a record of future events that are about to take place. And that was what John saw. They are now taking place. The book of Revelation, uh, a record of, number four, a record of God's redemptive plan 
foreshadowed in the Old Testament, revealed in the New Testament. Remember, the Old Testament was only a shadow of things to come. It talked about that, and we talk about it was a schoolmaster to lead us to Christ, but in the New Testament, he was revealed. Isaiah prophesied about that, that um, the old virgin shall bring forth a son, and Jesus came to the womb of the woman, and um, we, we see him walk in the shores of Galilee. So all of that was what John saw. Now, uh, Matthew Henry says, the Father put the book of his eternal counsels in the hand of Christ, and Christ readily and gladly took it in his hand, for he delights to make known the will of his Father, and the Holy Spirit is given by him to reveal the truth and the will of God. So every member, through the receiving of the Holy Spirit, every member has that right to know what is taking place. You don't need pastor every day to be preaching to you. Learn, study, understand what the Bible is saying and get the revelation for yourself because it will be sweeter to you rather than us all the time preaching and sometimes we are preaching over your head because it's so deep and we don't have time to do it all. But read for yourself because the Lord delights to make known the will of his Father. And that's what Jesus said. I am come. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. So I heard you today. If you have not yet received the Holy Spirit, that you strive, that you work, that you tarry to be filled with the Spirit of God because he's the teacher, he's the energizer. You don't need any ever-ready battery. The Holy Spirit is there to energize you and to reveal to you the truth and the will of God. And I heard you, sunshine, get in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. I pray in the Spirit. Preach in the Spirit. Worship in the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. And walk in the Spirit. Now, John also saw something else here in verse 2 to 4. That no one was worthy. Nobody else at all. No Abraham, no Moses, no Isaac. The only one that was worthy was the Lamb, Jesus Christ. And he says in verse 2, And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. And verse 3, And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and read the book, neither to look thereon. And then a mighty angel, serving as God's spokesman, issues a resounding challenge to all creation to determine if anyone is worthy to execute the contents of the scroll or the book. No one, and I repeat, no one from any realm of creation, heaven and earth, or under the earth, step forward to break the seal and execute the contents. Inside is the destiny of all humanity, the prospect of knowing about the scroll existence and not knowing its contents are bad enough for John. But understanding, oh, praise God, understanding 
that there is no one worthy to look at the contents, much less carry out God's divine decrees. Overwhelms John, and he wept. And while he was weeping, and he wept uncontrollable with deep, painful, and raw emotion, just like how some of us are um, weeping today to see the state of the nation, to see people going down in hell, and we are weeping for God to have mercy, for God's judgment to be executed. Oh, God, because before, God used to laugh at man's calamity, but now he, um, he's telling man everywhere to repent. That's what he's doing, because he rather not the death of a sinner, but that all should come to fulfillment. And John wept. Could we weep, weep with John today? For John, the throne room scene has changed from vibrant worship to deep sorrow. Deep sorrow. And A.W. Pink says, growth in grace is growth downward. It is the forming of a lower estimate of ourselves. It is a deepening realization of our nothingness. It is a heartfelt recognition that we are not worthy of the least of God's mercy. Sometimes we boast and we go on as if we really deserve it. We were born in sin and shaping iniquity, and we were doomed to die, condemned to die. But thank God that he through his divine mercy and love made a way for us. So he's worthy. He's worthy today. Worthy is the lamb that was saying. Um, Part two, Christ revealed. Jesus Christ prevailed. Pastor O, hope arises. Amen, and, and, and I agree with you, Senior Pastor, when you talk about there is a crying in the earth, a weeping and a mourning in the earth, as people are crying for a Savior, are crying out for redemption, are crying out for freedom, are crying out for a Savior. And we find here in Revelation chapter 5 that hope arises. Amen. Uh, hope arises. Yes. And in verse 5 it says, And one of the elders says unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion. the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book Amen. and to loose the, the seven seals thereof. What an encouragement. Weep not. Amen. Cry not, for Jesus often said, Fear not. Behold, yes. the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to loose, loose the seven seals thereof. thereof. The seals here um, talks about um, some type of impression that was placed on top of hot, hot clay or hot wax. Um, it would kind of be likened to a formal seal on a certificate that you would see today. But the elder reminds John mm-hmm. that there is the lion of the tribe of Judah. This designation not only recalls Jesus' human lineage from the tribe of Judah, but that he is also the mighty 
messianic conqueror. Amen. That's when you see the, the, the word lion, it means that he is the mighty messianic conqueror. And, and oh, how we need uh, a conqueror today. There's so many things that we are experiencing, and we already know that we have a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loved us. Uh, further, the line is the descendant of David, meaning the root. In him, the promises of a legitimate heir to the throne, as found in Jeremiah 23, verse 5, a rod of Jesse who rules with the anointing and wisdom of the Spirit, as found in Isaiah 11, verses 1 through 5, and an everlasting kingdom as found Amen. in 2 Samuel Amen. 7, verse 12 through 17. All these are fulfilled. Um, this one has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. The imagery in this verse is of a mighty warrior king whose past victory makes him worthy to receive and unseal the scroll and execute its contents. Um, he was a decorated king. He conquered many uh, armies Man. and wars. He was the ultimate warrior king. He was the ultimate conqueror over Amen. all the wars and battles and armies that would be thrust against the people of God. Uh, William Tiptaft said, if you had a thousand crowns, you should put them all on the head of Christ. Right, yes. <laughs> and if you had a thousand tongues, they should all sing his praise, for he is worthy. Amen. And so we know that he is worthy to be praised. Uh, in verse 6 through 7, um, we, we are going to talk about the slain lamb, and it says, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. The search in heaven, earth, and under the earth. Under the earth. The search yeah. in all creation, all creation could not produce anyone worthy to open the scroll. Wow. The one who steps forward is not from any realm of creation. For he is not created. He is creator. He is sustainer. He is redeemer. He is God. He steps out of the middle of the worshiping elders and four praising beings, as you find in Psalm 22, verse 3. Um, and in verse 8, it says, And when he had taken the book, four beasts and, and four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and 
golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And like I said earlier, a lot of symbolism going on as yes, we read yes. through uh, Revelation chapter 5. The Father has concluded that the Son is worthy to receive the scroll. This is confirmed through the actions of the four living beings and the 24 elders. Previously in, in, in chapter 4, verse 10, the elders fell before the feet of the Father. Now we find in uh, verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 8, uh, now accompanied by the living beings, they fall before the Lamb. It is an expression of their humility in his presence and his worthiness to receive their worship. Uh, oftentimes, subject, subjects fall uh, and bow before the king. And this is kind of the imagery that is being shared here uh, through John's revelation. There was a humility uh, that was shown as everyone fell uh, in, ex, uh, in, in his presence and in his worthiness uh, because he was worthy to receive their worship. Uh, so we're going to continue looking at what Revelation chapter 5, um, 9 through 14 says. Senior pastor, you can take it over. Yes, and to, to add to that, um, we could also give a remark about John the Baptist, because John the Baptist also called him the Lamb of God. He said, look, the Lamb of, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Right. And in the lesson here, it's also, it's a call for close consideration. We need to listen. We need to remember. And um, let those of us who are listening today need to realize that the Redeemer of the past, who never faileth, is the Redeemer of our present circumstance. He is the Redeemer of our present circumstance, and He never fails. He is there for you, and His nature and power have not changed. So whatever you're going through, drop everything and worship calls for universal worship of the Lamb. Everybody needs to worship Him. And that's what they saw. Um, you, there, there's no way you can get to the throne room and you don't worship. I remember worship. When, I, when I went past the O to my first assembly in Church of God of Prophets and they have a replica of the fields of the wood in Jerusalem. And it was so set up and so serene that when you got to where A.J. Thomas, the founder of Church of God of Prophecy, um, prayed until the revelation was given unto him. I was going up the steps, and when I reached to the top of it and got to the prayer mountain, right where he prayed, I felt something just overwhelm me, and I was pulled down on my knees to worship. And that's what we need. We need for people to get into the throne room of God. And it's not our throne room, but we have access to it by the blood of the Lamb. So Amen. get into the throne room of God. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know who needs this today. I don't know who the Holy Spirit is talking to. 
But man, forget about your situation sometimes. Forget about your problem. I know, Pastor, it's easy to say. It's weighing me down. But your problems is not greater than God. God right. controls the problem. And sometimes problems come to make us stronger. So join in the throne room worship. And they song a new song. Verse 9. They song a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and art redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And art made us, verse 10, unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. What a scene here. The group Mm -hmm. of worshippers spontaneously erupting a new song. They all knew the song. They all sung together. It was a song unto the Lamb. And the writer here says that new songs were written when established songs could not express the depth of emotion and gratitude for new acts of God. You wonder why people are writing new songs and somebody say we shouldn't sing them? No, 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 no. We need to sing them because out of their emotion, out of gratitude for what God has done in their life, they write and they wrote new songs. Could you write him a song today? Could you write him a love song today? This song that was written was a recognition of the new covenant enacted through his death and the mercy it brings. It was a song of redemption through the provision of the Lamb. Oh, the Lamb gave his life. It was a recognition of his worthiness to receive and open the scroll. Number one, because he laid down his life as a sacrifice for others. He had Number two, he had purchased what was forfeited through sin. Remember they lost paradise and Jesus had to come to redeem fallen man. Number three, he has made us to be a kingdom of priests. So what are we saying here? We are saying Christ's redemption of our souls has loosed us from the bondage of sin. Hey, yes, we are loosed from the bondage. There is therefore, said Paul, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Not only loose us from the bondage of sin, but it transformed our identity from slave of the devil to servant of the Most High God. Isn't that beautiful? We are no longer a slave to sin, no longer a slave to sin, but we are servants. We are called servants. You have a name change. You are a servant. I have a new name that is written down in glory. We are changed from the bondage of sin. We are changed from slaves of the devil to servants of the Most High God. And that's something to give God thanks for. We are Mm -hmm. no longer outcasts and sinners. Because of the Lamb, we are the children of the Most High. This redemption was secured through His blood, shed, that we might live and not die. And it is available to every person to any person, anywhere, anytime, who sincerely accepts his offer. And all you have to do 
He said, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner, and I accept you as Lord and Savior. And it's, it's offered to even the vilest of sinners. You have the opportunity to reign with him. Remember when he was put out there on the cross? that two thieves were beside him, and one cursed him and said, if you be God, come down and save yourself and save us. But the other one, the other one, thank God for the other one, who said, when you go into your kingdom, Lord, remember me. And Jesus turned around and looked at him and said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. You don't have to wait for tomorrow or next week, or next year to be saved, you can be saved right now. Vilest of sinners, Jesus can save. Oh, yes, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Um, Listen to David Hunt. He says, worship is not a repetitious exercise of rituals and formulas. You don't have to come and do this and do that and do that. All of that is not necessary. These create a veil that actually prevents us from enjoying the presence of the Lord. Then listen to this. This touched me. Worship is the heart poured out in gratitude and awe. Worship is the heart poured out in gratitude and awe. When you, I have always said, it's not the jumping and the shouting that moves me when I see people crying. When the word is preached and it touched the heart and people are shedding tears and they are weeping, is the heart poured out in gratitude because of what we have done and he still have mercy on me. He didn't have to come to my door, but he passed somebody else's door to come to me, the vilest of sinners. Oh, my God, I think you can save the same today. I think you can rejoice today. So why don't we go ahead and explain Press our appreciation of who he is and what he has done for us by his grace through Jesus Christ. Oh, my Lord, if only we could worship. Oh, I feel like I'm in the throne room of God today. We're not the only ones worshiping. There's worship going on in heaven. And verse 11 said, and I'm going to turn you over to Pastor Hofer C, worship by all creation, but worship in heaven. Verse 11, and I beheld. And I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them that was 10,000 times 10,000. And I was reading this last night and some people talk about only one forty-four thousand will be saved. Well, this scripture here refutes that because that was sure. talking about those who will perhaps get saved during the tribulation. But it says here that 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. All that is going on in heaven right now is that we are worshiping God. And when we get to heaven, we are going to join in that worship. And what John saw here was the elders and living beings are joined by a group of worshipers that includes the host of angels, Ah, that John said he could not physically number them. There were countless thousands of countless thousands and thousands of thousands. Does that make you feel good 
that we're going to have our other brothers and sisters, regardless of language, regardless of wherever they come from, regardless of their social standing or status, that they're going to be there worshiping God, kings and queens and presidents and governors and school teachers and, 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 and factory workers and taxi drivers, wherever you come from, wherever, um, college students, everybody will be there to worship God. Oh, what a time it's going to be. Their praise declares a sevenfold blessing unto the slain lamb. Oh, who is entitled to accept. Now, these are the sevenfold praise, that blessing that was declared. He is the supernatural power. He is the abundant wealth of glory, mercy, and grace. He is the embodiment of God's wisdom. He is the strength that prevails. He earns dignity or honor. He is a manifestation of divine radiance. His glory is going to radiate. And they saw it. Um, Peter and John and James, they saw that as he was transfigured before them. The men saw it as he was taken up into glory. And oh, yes, they saw him radiate. Oh, number seven was the manifestation of divine blessings and provision. Well, could we this morning join the heavenly host? They are not bestowing these qualities on him, but they are recognizing these characteristics that he already embodies because he has all of these qualities already. This is a recognition of his past actions, present worthiness to receive and open the scroll and the future action in God's divine plan for humanity. And listen to what my friend Toza said. He said, God wants us to worship him. Can I say Amen. that one more time, sir? God wants us to worship him. He doesn't need us. And can I, that jump out at me to Pastor O. Does not, God wants yeah. us to worship him, but he doesn't need us. If nope. you decide you're not coming back to church, that's your problem. Amen. Right. If you decide I don't want to serve him as king and Lord anymore, that's your problem because he doesn't need us. Because if we don't want to do it, he can raise up the stones and he won't Stone. do that. He will have a people that will worship him. For he couldn't be a self-sufficient God and need anything or anybody, but he wants us. He wants Amen. you to sing. He wants you to teach. He wants you to preach. He wants you to be in his church. He wants you to carry out the function. He wants you to carry the message of salvation. Go ahead and worship him. Could we just lift our hands and just worship him right now, wherever Amen. you are? Just worship him around your table. Listening. Listening. Sighing. In sadness. In sorrow. Just worship the Lord. God bless you, Pastor O. Worship by all creation. Amen. And, and in verse 13 through 14, actually I want to piggyback off um, what David Hunt said. Worship is not a repetitious exercise of rituals That's and right. formulas. And we, and we find that in our, in our churches today is that you're, you're trying to find the quote-unquote right ingredients. You know, um, the, the church, when we gather for service and when we come together for a worship service, you know, this has to take place and this person has to sing and that choir has to sing and, you know, we have to have certain types of musicians and, you know, this has to happen and that has to happen. But, you know, when we look back at it, it says new songs were written 
when established yes. songs could not express the depth Man. of emotion and gratitude. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of old enough to remember those times when we had song leaders who would just get up and start a song, and all it took was just one song. It didn't Amen. matter what the song was, but it was just yes. an expression of, 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 of gratitude uh, and of deep emotion as to what God has, has done for us. And that, I think, should resonate with us uh, today is that we need to have new songs of expression Amen. that express Amen. the depth of our emotion and, and gratitude for what God is doing, the new mercies that we see, the love that he has for us. Um, in verse 13 through 14, it says, And every creature which is every in heaven creature. and on the earth mm. and mm. under the earth and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them heard I say, Hallelujah. heard I saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. What a proclamation that we can yeah. have today. Blessing and honor and glory and power unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. Man. <laughs> and the four beasts said, Amen. Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him oh, that liveth forever and ever. The scene of worship shifts from heaven to all creation. All creation. Every wow. aspect of creation cries out in yeah. worship unto God and the Lamb. There is no doubt about the deity of the Lamb. He is co-equal with the Father and worthy to be worshipped. And we can look at four aspects of worship here. The first is blessing. Uh, Blessing can be understood as polished language that recognizes God's benefits bestowed upon us and attempts to find adequate words to give Give him him praise for that. The second aspect of worship is honor so we have blessing then we have honor honor is reverent recognition of the awesome price paid for our salvation our salvation standing with god the third is glory and glory is acknowledgement of the majesty and splendor the radiance of christ uh four is power power denotes the possession of strength and might necessary to conquer. Here we go, the, the conquering line of the tribe of Judah. I have a- uh, amen. Necessary to conquer opposing forces and maintain dominion over the kingdom. It is the fulfillment of the prayer of creation to be released from the effects of sin that it might give greater glory to God. Amen. The worship scene in the throne room began with the four living beings moved to the 24 elders, was joined by the heavenly host, and encompassed all creation. Amen. Amen. Now, Senior Pastor, I want to share with you a story really quick. There was a young man um, that once had a T-shirt printed that stated boldly on the front, I'm a fool for Christ. I'm a fool for Christ. 
<laughs> as he walked down the street, people were snickering and laughing and pointing at the fool. As he passed by them, with a smile on his face, with a smirk on his face, they turned and read the back which asked, Whose fool are you? <laughs> Everyone worships something or someone. Yeah. And the question yes. to us today is, whose fool are you? I can profess and I can proclaim that I'm a fool for Christ. Only the worship of God will sustain us. And I find that oftentimes, you know, when you, we're going through difficulties, that you just turn on a song or you just start singing a song, or you just start reminiscing on the goodness of the Lord. And it, there's such a sustaining power. Uh, it gives you energy. It gives you life. It revives you. Uh, now, all of a sudden, you can make the next step. You can uh, go through the, the day, and you can have a smile on your face, regardless of what's going on around you. Worship is a powerful instrument Amen. when directed appropriately. Worship is a powerful instrument when directed appropriately. Now, we know that people worship uh, or ascribe honor to many things. Yes. And we find even in today's world that, you know, there's so much worship of movements and systems and presidents and statues and the material things of the world. We set up gods in our lives and when they crumble, we are left with nothing, no hope, no joy, no life. Uh, but we recognize today, as I said earlier, that only the worship of God will sustain us. Amen. Amen. Only the worship of God Amen. will sustain Amen. us. Consequently, these can become idols. Mm -hmm. Everything that we have set up in our lives uh, can become idols. God, our Redeemer, is the only one worthy of our deepest praise and our worship. And I'll say that again. God, our Redeemer, is the only one worthy of our deepest praise and our worship. By God's grace, we are able to recognize the need for a Redeemer. By the uh -huh. blood of Christ, Redemption uh -huh. has been provided. And we need to look at that word redemption very quickly. Um, redemption is the purchase back of something that had been lost. That's right. Say that again. Redemption is the purchase back of something that had been lost by the payment of a ransom. Jesus paid or ransom with his life. Yes, yes. Jesus yes. paid or ransom with his life. He is worthy to open the seals and to reveal a new epoch, a new era of divine action in the universe because he has completed the action and purpose of God's plan for our redemption. He has fulfilled the purpose of God. Therefore, he is worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. Amen. The redeemed Amen. are from every possible cultural background 
in the world. And that's something that jumped out at me. He did not come for the Jews only or for the Gentiles only. He didn't come for black or white only. He didn't come, you know, for Jamaicans or Americans or Canadians only. He came for the whole entire world. Amen. The redeemed are from every possible cultural background in the world. There will be mm-hmm. no prejudice or discrimination in heaven. That that deserves an amen. Amen. <laughs> there will be no prejudice or discrimination in heaven. In other words, everyone from the seven continents, Asia, Africa, Europe, Australia, North America, South America, Antarctica, will be able to sing their redemption song. Why? Because Jesus paid the ransom. And that's what we want to say to everybody today. You are redeemed. And, and the Bible tells us, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And I'm going to turn it over to you, Senior Pastor, because there are those at the hearing of our voice that may not feel as if they are redeemed. They haven't, give, they haven't given their life over to God. They don't know the joy that salvation brings. Oh, they don't God, understand God. why we smile and why we laugh, even in the midst of turmoil, even in the midst of our difficulties. They don't understand, you know, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. They don't have that experience. And I want you, Senior Pastor, if you can, just to pray for those individuals right now uh, that they will turn their lives over to the Lord, the King of Kings. And Lord of Lords. Yeah, and let me just say one thing, Pastor Ho, thank you. Let me just say one thing before we get into this this prayer. And, and, and this is something that is obvious to all of us, that not all persons, not all creation presently worship Christ and recognizes his kingship and authority. We even mm-hmm. have, a, we have, have satanic churches going on. We have people right. setting up themselves as Christ and, thing, and, and kings and what have you, and that Christ is not coming back. And so, you know, we need to recognize that because it's obvious to all of us that not everybody recognizes kingship and authority. Not everyone recognizes the seals of judgment, which have not yet been opened, nor does all creation see the kingdom for what it is. But although it has not yet happened, and some of us are getting weary in well-doing, it looks like our message is not going anywhere. It looks like people are not getting saved like how they ought to. And we sometimes go to church and see the same kind of persons and things like that. Keep on keeping on, as they would say. Don't worry about that. It's God's church. The Lord will add to the church daily such as should be saved. And it's going to happen. People have been predicting it, and I believe it. And although it has not yet happened, it will happen. So, my friends, don't get weary in well-doing. All you have to do is to join with the elders, fall down, and worship him. And, oh, yes, you can say amen. If the church could say amen to that today, bow your heads, and we... Appeal to everyone who have not yet seen it this way, who have not yet accepted the Bible as your rule of faith, who have not yet put your hand 
in the hand of the man who still the water, who have not yet repented of your sins, to do so today. Don't worry about what you see from what's wrong, from not right and what's going on. Leave it to the Lord. All you have to do is worry about your soul. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you, you must admit that if you can get everybody in your house to serve the Lord, that you're doing good. You're doing good. So bow your head and let's pray. Oh, praise the Lord. Father in heaven, we bless your name today. We ascribe to you blessings and honor and glory and power. Oh, yes, we thank thee for the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. We thank you for Jesus, your Son, who died for us on Calvary, who gave his life a ransom for us. So this morning, this afternoon, we join with the four and twenty elders, and we fall down and worship you. Oh, yes, we we join with all creation today to worship you as Lord and Savior. Oh, God, thank you for bringing us to the throne room of grace uh, where we can see you like Isaiah saw thee, high and lifted up, and your presence filling the temple. Fill our hearts this morning. Oh, God, we want to worship you in spirit and in truth, for the hour is come when now is the true worshiper must worship you in spirit and in truth. Uh, to the woman at the well, that's what you told her. You said the hour is come and now is when the true worshiper must worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Lord, we are concerned about our brothers and sisters, our friends, our neighbors, who have not yet accepted you as Lord and Savior. We pray. We pray for every home. We pray for every family. We pray for every man. We pray for every woman. We pray for every boy. We pray for every girl. We pray for our government all over the globe, all over the world. Oh, God, some people trying to worship you in a communist situation. Oh, dictatorship situation. But we bring them to you today some worshiping on the trees, some worshiping on the ground. Oh, some have to hide to worship you. But whatever situation we find ourselves in, we worship you today. We pray for every member, every friend, everyone listening today, some going through pain and sorrow and suffering. Oh, God, some going through financial situation. Oh, God, some going through work situation. But in the name of Jesus, we pray today. Oh, if only we could lift our hands in worship. If only we could say praise be to God. If only we could say thanks be to God. If only we can say glory to God. If only we can say amen. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, we join with David in saying that. On all that is within me, bless his holy name. We bless your name. We ask that you will keep that which we have committed unto you against that day. Save somebody today. Oh God, give us joy and peace and satisfaction and love. Oh God, and help us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We pray for your blessing today. Thank you for being Lord of our lives. 
Thank you for being Savior. Thank you for shedding your blood. Thank you for being King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we sing to you a new song today, a song of praise, a song of honor. We bless your name today and keep us throughout the rest of the day and for the rest of the week and whatever we do. May our steps be ordered by you. May our eyes see you, O God. Uh, We see you high and lifted up. Oh, and your presence filling the temple. Thank you today. Thank you for your healing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your provision. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. We say amen and amen.